What's tonight's episode even about? Congress and animal cruelty legislation. Am I? Are you gonna say like sad things? Yep. Okay. It's All not right. the. Ready? The main topic. Episode yep. thirty-three. Boom! Welcome to Lisa Beats Your Meat, episode thirty-three. Tonight's episode, we're talking about the saddest thing ever. Sort of. Animal cruelty. More about the laws that are or are not there. Okay. So lob- lobbying or not lobbying or something. Jimmy's gonna try. It's gonna. He's gonna see how long it can take me to cry. Yeah, hopefully convince some people here that, I don't know, when I was researching this, done it a million times, but every time it's like, oh yeah, this stuff happens. Yeah, okay, so T-minus 15 minutes until I cry, which never happens, so this will be fun. You won't cry. Yeah, okay, hopefully not. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to talk about food, because that's super important. Um, tonight we just got done with dinner and we had roasted red potatoes, some broccolini, which is like the baby broccoli. Do you like those broccolini? Yes. Broccolini. I call it veal broccoli. Veal broccoli. We had some veal broccoli. Why is it taller though? Um, cause it's the whole stem of a broccoli. You can eat the stem of broccoli. That's what broccoli slaw comes out of. Yeah. I always eat the stem of broccoli. Yeah. It's my favorite part. Um, but you don't see broccoli stems on like your veggie platter. So, um, but like when broccoli grows, it grows from a big old stem. But then when you're harvesting just like the regular broccoli, you don't, you don't sell it with that huge stem. Yeah. So it's, it's the same. It's just not as big of a stem. Sold. But it was like thinner and longer. It was like a baby. Hunka. Okay, that makes sense. Get it? Because it's a baby. I gotcha. Anyways, um, so with that, red skin potatoes and some mushrooms, portobello mushrooms, because we know how good mushrooms are for us in so many ways for our brain, for our immune system. All mushrooms, people. All mushrooms are good. Um, actually, did you know that, like, there's like a wide variety of prices in mushrooms? Like from white button mushrooms, probably the cheapest. And then there's like truffles. Do you know yeah. truffles get sold at like auction and stuff? Do you know uh, that grocery store in upstate New York, Wegmans? Wegmans? Wegmans um, sells truffles. Mm-hmm. And you can like get them yourself. Yeah. If they say on it like $100 a pound or more than That's that. That's so stupid, Wegmans. <laughs> yeah. Because do you know how many times I've stolen from grocery stores putting in the wrong codes for the bulk items? Yeah, that might like not one time be the I case bought... anymore. They don't have self-checkout there either. Oh. Well, bulk, um, like I said, I was buying sunflower seeds, but I was really buying pine nuts. It's kind of messed up. That was like, I saved myself like 20 bucks, man. <laughs> That's Sorry. terrible. Anyways. I heard someone justify that once by saying like... If I got to work here, too, I deserve to be paid. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm checking myself out. I get a $20 tip. Anyways, um, mushrooms of all varieties are super good for you. And nu- Stealing is not. Nutritionally speaking, uh, button mushrooms and cremini mushrooms and portobello mushrooms, um, they're, all, they're all super good for you. So eat them all. But we had uh, portobellas, and I, I say they were stuffed, but they weren't really. I just put some stuff on top of them um a white bean rosemary and sausage uh the sausage what was the brand do you remember 
No. No. God. So it was in like a log. Seems like we that would be something we'd probably really think about before we started talking. <laughs> um, but this sausage uh, and, it, and garlic and all that other fun I'll stuff. I'll put it in the description. Please do. Um, it was, and I just threw that on top of it. And that was dinner. And it was really good, right? It's fantastic. Um, we just got back from New York. We were on like a four or five day trip. So we got back yesterday. And during our trip, we weren't eating horrifically but when you're on the road you're just not eating your same food so yeah i think that's one thing that tonight's that it reminded me of is when you make your own fresh good food mm-hmm. you never feel like weighed down like i ate a lot of food tonight yeah but i didn't like yeah but on the trip when you're eating subway or taco bell or it just it's chinese like food you. or, you're yeah. like what is this i don't know but it's hard to eat super healthy when you're on the road and that is a um, it's like a challenge of people who are vegan on the road. You know, what are you going to eat and how are you going to stay vegan and how are you going to stay super healthy? That's a big issue. And we're yet to conquer that. You know, we hit up the Taco Bell and Subway and Subway feels good eating all those vegetables and stuff. But even they're like we tried the wraps and, you know, I don't necessarily think those wraps are super good for you. No, it's just they're white bread dyed green and they call them spinach right but the veggies are good and fresh so i always feel the Justified. best eating those um and then when you're staying at other people's houses like we stay at my sister's houses and stuff like usually a shake is a good option oh yeah i got a shake at jacqueline's house that that freaking made my day man yeah that think- literally saved my life because i thought i was getting sick yesterday and i think that shake and sleeping for 17 hours yeah, yeah Teresa it. had shake stuff too yeah um, but I didn't ever go for that. No. <laughs> I was like, where's like, the cereal? I'll have, a, I'll have a bagel for the seventh day in a row. <laughs> I had a big bowls of cereal. I try to justify that yeah. on the road. But on the road, we ate, all right, uh, you can check it out at our vlog, Lisa's Vegan Family, if you'd like to so dabble in that. Um, and that's what we've been eating, man, right? Yeah. Anything left in the eating? No, that I can think of. No. Just... When we drive, it's just the same thing, and I guess I just, I just want to find something new on the road. Coffee and almonds is my go-to. Sunflower seeds for me. Yeah. Um. So besides that, we would like to always remind you to subscribe on whatever way you're listening to this. Please rate us. We've gotten a lot more ratings, which is cool, on all of the, the platforms of this podcast. Um, but leave us some comments. Email us. We've gotten a couple... Emails. We got a couple emails from Australia. Oh yeah, we're gonna get back to a few of them. Super fun and exciting. Um, but yeah, leave us any sort of comment. Please let us know how we're doing. If you like it, if you don't like it, um, we're we'd love to engage. So anything you can leave for us would be awesome and super helpful for us. And I don't know. I think that's just what we're we're striving for these days. Yeah, right? it's a new year. New year, new year, new me. <laughs> um, this podcast just turned six months old, so Aww. it's pretty new still, and we're excited. You know, we've we've had a good, op- a lot of good opportunities. We got to interview some people that we never thought we would. Yeah. Um, Joel yeah, like Furman's we interviewed been, Clinton last night, yeah, and right. we're we're editing it. It'll be up soon. Yeah, a Clinton you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean we we got to talk to this Moby. Like Who are 10. our big guests? Oh. Nathan Runkel, Nathan who I'll, Runkel. I'll reference a lot today, the, the what do you call him, the CEO? Um, founder. Um, the founder of Mercy for Animals. Um, and 
I think what we talk about tonight, he has a lot to do with. Um, and Moby. Moby. You know what's funny? Um, is that I bathe our baby in this, like, it looks like a whale. It's like a, a mini bathtub for babies, you know, because they can't, like, go in the bathtub by themselves. Yeah. And we're not old school and throwing them in the sink. So we got this little little baby bathtub and the brand or the name of it is Moby and every time I <laughs> bathe Bob I'm like oh Moby <laughs> I always want to like repost that episode and then I remember it was to promote something that happened already yeah but I guess it happens every summer we should go to it next year circle, the circle v fest circle was a big deal. five but Joel Furman has been the biggest listened to podcast we've ever had because um, he's the best. He is the best. We'll try to get him back on. I'm going to make some food from his recipe book. I gave a recipe book to your mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm I'm going to write down some recipes. Yay. I started today. I know I tr- I've written down a bunch and I put them online, but uh, it's, it's like really hard for me to write down a recipe and it's like a bizarre concept because, um, one, I hate when people write recipes online that are seven pages long. Like, I didn't need to know what you were doing the day you wrote this recipe or the first time you wrote did this like recipe. <laughs> what feelings yeah. caused you to write this recipe? Yeah, like I don't need, need I don't need to know all that hum like hullabaloo. I need to know the ingredients. I need to know how to do it, and that's it. I need maybe like a pointer, you know, like oh, this spice is in this aisle, or if you don't have this, you can use this. That's all I need to know, and that's. What I would like to write down for my recipes is basic, easy, accessible ingredients. And so I'm starting to write them down, and that's going to happen. I Lisa first, gets right to the point. To the point. Um, I just wrote down one for some lentils using the spice birbir. Oh. It's an Ethiopian spice, and it's freaking phenomenal. So Where's that? Where are you going to put that? Um, no, this is gonna be in a book, man. Oh, you're gonna write a book? This is gonna be exclusive as hell. You oh, have to, okay. you have to pay like thirty bucks for this hard back <laughs> book. It could be an ebook. Nope. Seems to be what all the people oh. are doing these days. Yeah, I mean, whatever people want. I don't or know. fifty cents instead <laughs> of thirty bucks. I actually don't care. So uh, that's what happened. But let's get into it. Animal cruelty. Yeah. So we've dabbled. What in animals this. are we talking about here? Uh, well, so initially. Um, this came up because I'm reading. I think we've re- we've we th- we talked about food checkoff programs. Yeah. Um, that was f- most of what we talked about came from a book called Meatonomics, mm-hmm. which I really like. But it's taken me a long time to read because there's so much stuff in it. So much detail. And every chapter is so dense and full of so much good stuff. Uh, but I started reading about lobbying and government, which I'm a government teacher, so I covered a lot of this in my class. So I was very excited to read about this. Um, and this chapter starts off talking about lobbying and the effect it has on. Can I say the one thing I know about lobbying? Yeah. Is that. <laughs> you to get it right this time. <laughs> no, I still probably won't say this right. But that the word lobbying came from people trying to convince lawmakers in the lobby. Right. Yes. What's what did I say the first time? Uh, I don't remember, but it was pretty funny. No. Well, <laughs> but yeah, so your congressman traveled to Washington, D.C. That's it. They traveled. So back in the day, people didn't live in Washington. Like if you were a representative from Idaho, you traveled to Washington and you would probably stay at a hotel. Yeah, or you still do travel, but you have like a condo or something right. probably. But people would stay in like hotels. And so these people who were trying to convince them to vote certain ways on laws would 
like accost them in the lobbies. So it was called lobbying. Yeah, my sister did that to Dave Matthews once. Really? She got a picture with him. Who? <laughs> Annie. That's awesome. Yeah, she was obsessed. Um, but yeah, lobbying is exploding over the last 30 years. Okay. And a lot of it is why we don't have animal cruelty laws anymore when it comes to livestock and farm animals. So we used to have prevention of animal cruelty. We yeah. Used to, the animals used to be protected under law. Yeah, it's actually gone in the opposite direction. Okay. Um, so is there any light at the end of this tunnel? Um, little teeny bit. Um, but not quite yet. Can we bring like back this, those shots I mean, exposing that we used this. to do or oh, something? Yeah. You know, forgot about that. You're gonna bring me down this road. I'll I'd pause like it to if you want to go at least the be a little sauced up. Just kidding. <laughs> Keep going. Um, well, it all starts with money. Um, I think lobbying has taken off and have been so successful in the last 20 years because of how expensive it's gotten to run a campaign, mm-hmm. and that's based on you know new technology and advertising on television and commercials and all these things. It's become you know, a financial race instead of just a, you know, a policy race. Um, on average, it costs about $7 million to get elected to a federal office in America. So a congressman, House, seven Senate. Million. About $7 million to get elected. Okay. Um, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, and then once you're there, you have to maintain that. You know, if you're in the House every two years, Senate every six years. So you're constantly um, running a campaign, which constantly costs money. That's so expensive. Yeah, and that seems like a, the opposite of a job, you know. Like you got to pay for your job, and then you well, got to keep not paying, paying for your for job. It, but they're getting people to pay for it. Yeah, and that's do that's stupid. It is, and I mean, campaign finance reform would solve a lot of these issues, but that's gone up and down and in and out. You know, are we are we free? Or are we not free? Do you get to just run? You know raising as much money as you want or don't you and every time we put any roadblocks in there for raising money they find ways around it through packs and all this other crap but anyways long story short over my head man um over the last 30 years or so we've increased the amount of lobbying by about 35 times over the past how many years uh well 80 since 83 okay. so almost 30 years boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. No, that's more. 35, 38 years. Studies a social studies. Social studies (laughs) teacher, not a uh, a math teacher. Um, Well, anyways, the. uh, (laughs) No, I'm not a math teacher. Um, 19 of the top 20 lobbyists or lobby spenders represent business. So there is a lot. There's lobbying out there for things aside from business. Like good things? Uh, Like AARP is the only thing in the top 20 that doesn't represent business. Okay. But AARP is mostly. Representing business, <laughs> they're trying to sell you insurance and life oh, insurance, and but they're products. they're for old people, right? But yeah, they're lobbying for you know th- Congress to do things to benefit retired people and right. Medicare, Medicaid. But all if that you're stuff. a lobbyist for a business, that means you're you're lobbying for someone making money. Yeah, like the right? NRA is a huge lobby, and they're not necessarily for for profit. But most lobbyists are things like you know the dairy industry, the pork right. industry, that or you know, Pepsi or Walmart or businesses that are for profit. Got it. So long for story profit. short, they lobby these congressmen. In the make lobby. donations to their campaigns. Take them out for a round become, of golf. Yeah, beer and hookers and just kidding. Some uh, Actually, not really. <laughs> but in return, they get votes that benefit their you know, policies that benefit the company. Right. Didn't you read that um, when some, it's just human nature when you're given something, 
that you're like seven times more inclined to do something for that other person, not even if it was like a good gift. Yeah. Like, wasn't there a study about like when people are given like a Pepsi and then that same person, like a Coke, you know? Yeah, they were selling raffle tickets. That they were like way more inclined. If they were giving out something like a pen or a a can of Coke or something. Yeah. That you're way more inclined to do that. Twice as likely to to buy the lottery ticket. That's probably why. Banks and stuff and car salesmen are giving away stuff all the freaking time. It works. I mean, you see someone giving out free T-shirts. And you're like, I want a free T-shirt. And they're like, well, let's just sign up for our credit card. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll just cancel this tomorrow. God, humans, we're so stupid. We fall <laughs> for it all the time. Well, it's just weird that at this level it still it still works. Right. You know, you're a congressman. You've been elected. You represent the people. Um, I personally have a high level of efficacy in our government and i feel that these people went into this for with good intentions and they really do want to help their community and help their state and help their country um but when they they fall for it it's not even fall for it they need it they can't do that anymore if they don't have this money yeah um so the people giving them the most money they owe favors to what they they see fit if they don't return those favors, they don't get that money, and they give it to the guy who's going to beat them in the next right. election. So they're kind of screwed. Um, and again, the only way to stop that is to add some kind, some campaign finance reform. But even that, there's always ways around it. Um, so, anyways, that's the the politics of uh, all this. We're not going to get too deep into that. Um, I think but, we just did. <laughs> I was just scratching the surface. Okay. But animal cruelty, um, it's illegal. It's illegal. You cannot beat your dog up. Okay. Um, you can't, and everyone assumes it's illegal, and they assume it's illegal, including the food that they're eating. Okay. So, like cheeseburger that you're eating, the chicken sandwich, the, you know, whatever you're getting on your plate. Barbecue chicken. You're assuming that fried chicken. That animal cruelty applied to those things. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh, cute little hot dog. <laughs> you're assuming that those animals were not allowed to be beaten. Yeah, okay. and if they were, and you saw something on Facebook or YouTube that you maybe glanced at or skipped over, you assumed that that was the exception. Right. We've talked about this a lot. That about exception, it. I think a lot of people struggle with because they think that most like horrific things they see about animal agriculture is the exception. They're like, well, not where I get mine. Like, that's crazy. But what's coming true to light is that the majority of slaughterhouses and animal agriculture farms don't treat their animals well my my thing with allowed anim- to not. my thing with the animals um agriculture and whatnot is that when there's money to be made there is exploitation and that animal's not been treated well like yeah there's an exception out there there's a farm where the cow's life was awesome, and then one day the farmer was like, I'm going to kill you now, and then maybe that wonderful life was over. Sure, that happened somewhere, but for the majority of the time, when there is money to be made, exploitation happens, and the animal's not going to be treated well because it doesn't pay bills to treat the animal well. Exactly. It's competition, and it's profit, and without the laws to stop you, I mean, people in business follow the laws. They pay, for the most part, they pay their taxes um, they they deal with whatever environmental acts have been passed by Congress. You know they follow the laws, but whenever that can be bent, that that's going to give you the competitive advantage, mm-hmm. and that's where it just gets worse and worse. Um, apparently, right. with the lobbying too, that there was some study that said every dollar spent by one of these businesses yields about two thousand dollars in return. 
So a dollar spent on lobbying a congressman, you know, the, the benefits that you're going to get from policy from them. Yeah. So when it comes to the animal stuff and. So that means like if a law was up to be passed that said that you have to kill an animal, um, I don't know, like humanely and give the animal 30, like. 30 seconds to be killed or something. Yeah. Not, I don't know. Like, not 30 well, seconds. Like, but I'm like talking about like the processing of an animal. So if an animal needs time and care to be gutted and it's like it has to be gutted at the least amount of time within 30 seconds, then that's not the case. But then a law came up that said you can gut and kill an animal in 10 seconds. And a lobbyist came through and said, I want you to vote for that law that says that I can kill and gut an animal in 10 seconds. I'm going to give you, you know, $2 million to vote this certain way, or whatever it is. And that lawmaker says, yes, okay, I'm going to vote that way to say that you can gut the animal in less time. Then that law gets passed. Then I get to kill and gut an animal in 10 seconds. And instead of 30 seconds, then obviously... La like less precision and less time is going to be spent with each of those animals. It's pro a lot of more mistakes are going to be made. Yeah, it comes down to every minute, every second, and uh, but it actually gets it, it. What most lobbyists have worked towards or these companies is to make the law more vague. Um, so it's that's that's fucked up. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing again, um, Lisa read this part to me when we were driving because mm -hmm. she's my book on tape. Mm -hmm. uh, remember the Civil War stuff. No. So like post Sometimes when I read, I don't listen. I never listen when I read out loud. I can't. I'm just, it's all just like a that. show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the post-Civil War stuff, um, like the late 1800s into the 20th century. Mm -hmm. um, we, a blanket. We had like animals were protected. Oh, right. Like so oh, weird. There was like, that guy. What was his name? I don't remember his name. No, his name, it was Dick, like animal crusader or something i don't know you didn't write that down no. if i was taking notes i would have wrote his name down <laughs> i do remember that though um but after you know the civil war and reconstruction era mm -hmm. they started passing these laws it's funny before even like women had the right to vote or before like we worked out you know, civil rights issues. They were like, um, you can't beat animals. Yeah. And it was all animals, right? All animals. It was it was like cattle and dogs and chickens. They were all in the same boat. Animals and animal, yeah. It was like, mm. don't beat that thing up. I yeah. don't care if it's your property. Don't beat it up. So the Well, actually, I remember then it became property. Cause it was, wasn't it with women? Like, you could beat a woman because... You could correct her behavior by beating her, uh, right? Yes. Isn't that isn't that? Yeah, well, those were the, uh, the the general law. What was that called? The uh, rule of thumb. Oh God, it's all coming <laughs> back to me now. So rule of thumb came from this court case that a husband beat his wife with a switch, and a switch is like a it's like a branch, right? Yeah, and um. But he, the the guy's defense was, he was like, it was a small switch. It was just like the size of my thumb. It was a really small switch. And the judge ruled in his favor saying, it's cool. It was just the size of his thumb. It was like the rule of the thumb or yeah, whatever. Yeah, as long as it's smaller than a thumb, it's okay. No, it was like the rule of like his thumb. I think that was, it wasn't like the size of the switch that like made it. It was like the thumb the size of the guy's thumb that like justified the beating or something crazy. I thought like the that. switch was smaller than his thumb. It was, but 
It was more so <laughs> like, yeah, okay. We're splitting, Regardless, we're splitting switches here. It, during that time period when these kind of laws were coming to place, um, or you know, they were loosening these laws and giving more people freedom and equality, whether it be gender or race, um, that also included animals. And animals were being protected um, in agriculture or just domestically as pets. And um, in meat meatonomics, um, it gives a good example just saying, if you look at a bell curve, it almost looks like a brontosaurus mm -hmm. of animal protection. There was none then late 1800s, early 1900s. A ton. It was as much as you can get. And then the last 50 years has just gone down to almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Like cattle, chicken, livestock, almost zero protection. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the details of that. But um, that's because of this lobbying and the power of it. Watch Okja. I still haven't all watched I have it. To say. Don't watch it. I've heard you've mentioned that before. Don't you watch like it. That movie? Like, no, Jimmy, don't watch it. Why? Listeners, watch it. I want to watch it. So sad. I don't want to be in the house when you watch it. Tomorrow morning, I'll watch it. You don't want to see me cry. It's I, I don't. Do I that. would be empathetic to you because it's um. so effing sad. <laughs> um, so, what are animal cruelty laws? You can't treat animals poorly. You can't hurt them. You can't kill them. Um, don't do weird You can't stuff neglect with them. them. But every single state in America has animal cruelty laws, um, but they have an exemption over the last 20 or 30 years that have been added for um, farm animals. So as this has become bigger business and as agriculture has become a major economic drive driver in this country, um, these lobbyists have worked to put a little exemption into animal cruelty laws. Just for, cow for farm animals that we eat, right? Yeah. Well, not what I eat. But y'all bitches eat. I ain't eating that. <laughs> Me neither. Not anyone. <laughs> Stuff like this. Like every once in a while we get into like the health or we get into the environment or we always find these like different loopholes where it's like it's okay if you this or that. But yeah. no, this shit's like I do not want to be part of this. And right. I'm so glad I am not part of this. Yeah. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll, Maybe you'll see that too. You'll also. I mean, I assume a lot of people listening to us are agreeing with us. And this will hopefully give you some some firepower, some justifications that you can yeah. share with others. but That's the um, argument is like I feel like health-wise I could argue and I, I and I could have comebacks and people could tell me other stuff about a diet and, and maybe I would listen to it and it's like, yeah, 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 okay. But with in regards to just cruelty, you know, like compassion side, there's just no argument ever that's going to make me see your side. Like, I just can't. It's not like, oh, they were treated really well until I slit their throat and gutted them and ate their intestines. You well, know, like, going no, full never. circle. Like, because I, I feel like this new movement for veganism is mostly generated from health. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's where it was for me. That's how we and caught you. Early on, it was us making fun of people like you who right. were cruel to people like, oh, she's a tree hugger. She loves her animals. Oh, well, blah, blah, the blah. The stereotype of a typical vegan, it's just because, and I was actually thinking about this the other day and I wanted to talk about this on the podcast, is that um, my passion for compassion <laughs> oh. um, is, it's something that you, like, I hold it, like, close to my heart because I don't want to like spill my guts all over the place and it's not it's like not like once I like start talking about it like I could be like Moby and say like ridiculous things about how it's like so important to me and now 
like you should never eat this and you should never eat that and like how it really does actually fucking hurt to see you eat shit in front of me but like oh. you're but you're not going to catch people with that attitude so it's just something i like you're not going to make a difference yeah I, yeah it's just something i ingrained in my head that like i'm just not going to change anybody's mind with judging them about what they're eating like it's just not that's just not going to happen and i don't think that a lot of vegans can hold that in i'm just super good at holding in my emotions um (laughs) like in general the idea that eating animals is wrong most vegans think it's crazy wrong and it's something that is they're so passionate about that when someone asks them about it they're irrationally compassionate about it so so the typical description of this typical stereotype of a vegan is a crazy person because they they're like and not to sound so ridiculous but they're, they're like woke to this like <laughs> this different idea that like don't eat animals it's fucking weird like it's and it's been so many years but it's like i think it's just really fucking weird to eat meat so when like someone asks a typical vegan about it and they respond in just this psycho you know I judge you. I think what you're doing is wrong manner. I under I empathize with them, but I just also understand that that reaction gets nowhere. Not yeah. that I don't necessarily have that reaction because I do. I think I do have that reaction down deep inside. When people like make fun of um, eating or eating de- uh, vegan and then they're like eating meat in front of me, like I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm desensitized to it. But there, on some level inside of me, I'm like, you're a fucking psycho. Yeah, like psycho you're shit. eating a fucking piece of flesh right now. Do you know how fucking weird that is? <laughs> like, but it's just, it's something I've like. I'm not actually judgmental of it, but on some level, I am. Like yeah. I am, and I'm not. Like I've come a long way. If you go back 20 episodes ago, I was talking about like oh, I don't really do this for the animals, blah right. blah blah. But the the sensitivity of it, I guess. You know, it's if I see someone eating meat. I'm not going to be like, oh, there's they're an asshole that right. just doesn't care. It's and more like, do I. yeah, it's it's they don't really understand what they're yeah. doing because if um, they did, they wouldn't do it, or they're good at just ignoring it. And themselves. I, I, I am too. I always have been. You know, it's and even two years plus into being a vegan, I still like read stuff and I'm like, oh wow, that's really fucked up. Like right. I don't. I, it's not even why I've been vegan. It's always yeah. been the health stuff. Stuff so. I think it's more and more, like I said, it's coming full circle because I think it used to be that was the only reason people were vegan. Mm-hmm. And then science and technology of showing the benefits health-wise and environmentally. And, and then now people are coming vegan and then they're looking back at this cruelty stuff. Yeah. And they're actually opening their eyes to a little bit more, their hearts to it or their minds to yeah. it and getting it. It's just like if you don't want to eat your dog, I, my dog and my animal animals and agriculture are the same fucking thing. Yeah, actually... I'm pigs, never going to eat my fucking dog. Pigs and cows have been proven to be more smarter and more affectionate than yeah. dogs. And dogs and are dogs pretty darn smart. Fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. I've used up all my F words. I've said all of them in a span of two minutes. Yeah, I got you fired up. Well, I don't know why we're talking about this. It's so sad. Sam's a sweetie. Well, here's where things start to change. So um, CFE, and I think... Uh, Nathan Runkle talked about this customary farming exemptions. Remember, he gave that story about like the pig getting beaten mm-hmm. in his science class, and they said, and they "Well, this like, this is cool. a this is a practice. It's a customary practice in agriculture, so then it's okay." So it's built into these laws is that 
you cannot mistreat animals, animal cruelty, blah, blah, blah. Whether that's, I think the terminology in one state is uh, maliciously or intentionally maiming, mutilating, torturing, wounding, killing um, an animal. But it is lawful if done when following generally accepted agricultural practices. Because you can't fuck with a dollar. Isn't that yeah. what this is all getting so to? Generally accepted agricultural practices. So, yes. Yeah, Kicking it, a pig if is it's cool, done for business. It's all done for business. That's, that's what's so annoying about this is that the money just wins and all. Business, livelihood, don't ever fuck with the livelihood of someone. That's what all of this is. Yeah, but you, I feel like you can fix this problem easily with the laws. Yeah. And then you, you just equal the playing field for all of the animal agriculture out there. Um, and it's I'm not going to say that killing a pig or a cow or a chicken is ever going to be um, cruelty-free, but if you set some guidelines yeah. that a lot of countries have, mm-hmm. we haven't because we are hardcore profit and you know but it's free market, so- which I don't disagree with. But I think that as long as you level that playing field for these companies, um, this isn't going to be an issue. An issue. It just needs no. to be defined, and it's not defined because it's it's just customary, generally accepted practices. So what right. all that means is if ten farmers start doing it, then it's legal. Right. If one farmer does something messed up that the other farmers aren't to give himself a, a profit advantage. Now he's breaking a law and he'll be, you know, brought on right. up on charges. But if everyone starts doing that, then it becomes general practice and it's, and it's okay. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know what, I don't know. This just gets me so fired up. <laughs> I got a couple examples. I don't want examples. <laughs> you, you won't like these. Um, there's more later, but these are just three that came up that over the last few years have become customary um, and just for the record, if you're thinking that you get organic meat or you get something that is exclusive of this, um, all of the examples that I'll be giving on this episode, um, 99% of the meat produced in the U.S. allows these practices. Is it's, this is allowed with organic meat? Yeah, pretty much. If you're, if yeah? if you're, oh my God. well, now more than ever. But if you're not killing it yourself and dragging it okay. home, this kind of stuff is. So happening. this is organic meat too. This is like the nicest of the nicest meat. It's like yeah. this is good quality well, meat. Not to get into a whole other topic, but we're even loosening the terminology of organic recently by the oh, federal government. Um, and they're removing the animal cruelty stipulations from organic. Um, that's a whole other story. But a couple examples are cu- of customary, generally accepted agricultural practices um, in every state is crushing the testicles of animals Why? without anesthesia. Um, I'm not sure why that would have to happen. Why do they do that? Um, I don't know. I didn't get deeper into that. but They crush? That's what it said, crush. Crushing the testicles of animals without anesthesia. So if you give them anesthesia, maybe that would be better. Um, but uh, something would make some little more sense. Not more sense, but this is something that's banned in Europe and California, but this is not where we get most of our chickens. Um, slaughtering chickens while they're awake and alert. Um, in some countries, there has to be some level of anesthesia, or they have oh. to be put down to some level of I thought they like incoherence before they, they're slaughtered. They like boiled them or something. Yeah, or we, like electrocuted we, them or something. We talked about the turkeys boiling them, and a lot of them aren't yeah. dead yet. Um, and then one we've talked about before um, that it's it's now become customary. Originally, this was crazy and something you could prosecute and hold someone accountable for. Um, but on a egg farm, male chicks. 
um, can just be suffocated, starved, or thrown into a garbage can or a wood chipper. You can just um, you in a wood chip. You can just throw a bunch of. You're like, fuck w- you. One go dude die. did it. It was illegal. Now everyone does it. It's customary and it is protected. Oh my god. Because everyone's doing it, and like you said, it's competition. It's for profit. Yeah. You're starting to get a little no. <laughs> emotional. <laughs> I'll have some more examples later, but that's just some things that have developed. Those examples are things that have developed. It did not used to be anywhere near legal. Yeah. Imagine if you did that to your fucking dog. If you just if you just stop feeding your dog, yeah. and it died of starvation. Or you're, threw you'd my be, dog in a chipper. Yeah, you'd be prosecuted. Yeah, it happens every day. Yeah, and I would be ridiculed from society as a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. Can you title this one as like just Lisa? Lisa, just the only word I say is the F word. <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> NSFW. I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, like I said, it's hap- like a lot of countries have banned these things. Do you, okay. Do you want to hear my pot talk Wednesday? Uh, yeah. Pot talk Thursday. I it's have turn a, up Wednesday, but whatever. It is. You but can justify I, it. I have a theory that I feel like uh, we've just, this country has just been around too long. <laughs> <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> because I feel like. Like we've we got our bearings and then we were progressively doing really great things and then we've just been around too long and we've just we've fucked up stuff too much. Like we're too free? No, no, we're not too free. It's just like So we're we're a pretty young nation. We're no (laughs) all things considered. I don't know. One of the youngest in the world. Maybe like no I don't know. Like we we had choices as our country grew up and those choices we made maybe back in our formative years have now just given this opportunity for us not to do well. Maybe it's the business, the freedom in business. Maybe freedom in business isn't the best thing. Maybe no. freedom. Okay, but like this is business and this is freedom in business. Yeah, you know? I mean like, going back to the lobbying, beginning of this. I think this is lobbying. Hold on, but this, lobbying just started 30 years ago. Well, at this it, level. It, but yeah, but like, but so like 30 years ago, some decisions were made that allowed shit to just get out of control. And like our food, the the production of our food has gotten out of control. The process of our food, like what's actually going in the food has gotten out of control. Um, our, t- our television has gotten out of control. What is appropriate on TV now as it was 30 years ago has gotten out of control. It's just, it seems like in the past near future, Shit has just not been <laughs> thought about. Like no one thinks about anything anymore. They do. I mean, I think it's it's a no. I think people think about how much money they're making. No one thinks about like a benefit for humanity. Does anybody think that like the music we're fucking listening to, what that's doing to people? No. These God bless a little pump isn't thinking about his impact. I love little pump. Okay, but the, it, he doesn't think about the impact he has on our students. No, he doesn't. And why is Lil Pump allowed to be around? You know? We're a free country. I don't know. You know, I don't think being free is all that cool. Well, it is. I don't necessarily I think, it, think. I think it works it out. It works itself out. But No, I think what people are striving for freedom is the best. It's like in the well, Hunger no, Games. Like, no, it's like in the Hunger Games when they had the Hunger Games and she was like, This is some BS. I'm gonna fight. The government, and then she fought the government, and then the next government was just as shitty. I hey. think, I think the best is in the pursuit of freedom. No, not once you get it. No, I think it's just <laughs> in constant. We should just be in constant pursuit. 
Well, I think as we... Just like when you get what you want, then you're like, ugh, all right, never mind. Well, agree to disagree. (laughs) My argument would be that we are free to pursue things. And actually, this always good with the transitions. Um, This leads into the next topic here. But Nathan Runkle talked a lot about this. Um, It's very difficult to expose these things. Yeah. And in a free society, it shouldn't be. In a free society, we shouldn't be... So are we still in pursuit? We, we are in pursuit. And what Nathan Runkle does is Mercy for Animals sends undercover investigators into these places. Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, our Fourth Amendment right and protection of our privacy, all these agricultural businesses had to do was close their windows and close their doors. Yeah. Now you need a search warrant to go into these places. So regardless of any law that's ever passed, it doesn't matter. Because um, unless you can go inside that residence... Yeah. With a warrant, you don't know what the hell is going on in there. Right. Are um, you, so are you saying the Constitution is a living document? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I'm that it's become very difficult to enforce laws even when they have been passed. Yeah. Um, but people like Nathan Runkle have done, what, what's it called uh, when you... Expose? Expose. When you go against the law, we teach this to our children. You're a uh, um, deviant? <laughs> That's what it's called. Like Rosa Parks. She was a deviant. She was a deviant? No, it's not a like deviant. A, no, that means she was, you can be a good deviant or a bad deviant. Just means you're going against the social norm. When you break a law that you feel is unjust. Social justice warrior? It's a vocabulary word that we teach our kids. Civil disobedience. Oh. D, you were right with the D disobedient civil no i go into deviant not deviant civil disobedience but you break a lot anyways um people like nathan runkle they send undercover investigators into these places even though they're breaking laws so there's there's laws now in place that if you pretend to be a worker at one of these places Mm -hmm. that's illegal so it's illegal for a while they were sending people they still are sending people into they being mercy for animals into these factory farms. As workers, yeah, right? they get hired, so and they're working. You can't do that anymore. That if you get caught, is in prison time. You know why? Because probably some fucking scumbag lobbyist convinced <laughs> some fucking lawyer, or I'm sorry, lawmaker, oh gosh, to language. vote to vote a certain way to get that law revoked. Yeah, it's not probably why. That is why. God damn. That's but that's only in seven states so far. But they're adding, those are the ag-gag laws, the agricultural laws. Ag-gag um, laws. So you cannot enter can a property under false pretenses and film or document. You do jail time. Um, so. That's crazy. This is where this gets so enraging. Like, even thinking back to before I was vegan, like, I don't understand where my mind was and where people's mind is. If we are so concerned of what is happening behind those walls, that we're going to pass laws that you can't even have undercover investigations. I mean, 2020 can walk into Jiffy Lube and mm-hmm. see what they're doing um, if they're changing your oil properly. This is freaking like, weapons con- of mass consumer destruction, protection. man. But the shit that we're putting into our bodies... They didn't actually have those, no. right? The shit we're putting into our bodies is so behind closed doors and so insanely secret. Yeah. Um, because if it was exposed, no one would eat it. No. Nobody no. would eat it. That's And Okja, Okja talks about this because in one of the scenes, they're like, oh, I don't think people will actually eat it. And the CEO is like, if it's cheap, 
they'll eat it. It's and it's honestly the truth. And you know, like you might be all high and mighty, but then you get to the grocery store and you see that your meat or your dairy is going to cost you five times more to get a more ethically produced product and you're not going to fucking buy it. Sorry. I understand. But that sucks. That sucks that that's the world we live in. Oh, I don't know. Just fucking don't buy it. Buy some fucking broccoli, man. Lay off. I'm F-bombs. sorry. <laughs> you, this is an animal cruelty, Kate. Or <laughs> yeah, I guess one. I should have known. Well, Sorry, once it's like it, once I start saying the f word, then it just feels really good, and then it just starts <laughs> coming out, and I can't stop it. Well, it's easy to get passionate about this. Well, back to enforcement. Another problem is once they do catch people, most of the states have um, laws in place that say um, in, that it has to be intentional. It can't just be negligent. So if you accidentally left maybe your car with a dog in it, mm-hmm. and you proved that it was negligent, mm-hmm. the courts would be lenient on you. Right. Um, so it's the same thing with animal agriculture. If they do have a law in place that you violated, and you prove that it was not intentional for profit, um, and there was a terrible example in San Diego a few years ago, a farmer um, put 30,000 chickens through a, a wood chipper because they weren't laying eggs anymore. Um, it was caught. Um, he was not prosecuted. No lawyer would prosecute it. Um, part of the no other problem. No lawyer would prosecute it. Yeah, because um, there wasn't intent. Uh, uh, allegedly, he was no just in- it, just getting rid of something that wasn't producing anything anymore. Um, there, ha- the, the laws are written in a way where even if someone does get caught doing something as insane as thirty thousand thirty thousand chickens being wood chipped. Um, what that a psychopath. That the law is written in a way that lawyers don't even want to prosecute it because um, they know are they probably pussies, man. Some no, they they know what what they're not going to waste their time with something they can't win. It's the oh, law. It's I not the lawyer's a, fault. Where was Aaron Brockovich on that case? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's the, the law is the law. Um, but again, it's done behind closed doors. Um, to get a warrant, you need a judge to sign off on a warrant. But then also to get a warrant, you need some kind of proof that something's happening behind right. those closed doors, which is also extremely difficult to get um, besides the undercover work. And most of that, again, is being done by Mercy for Animals. And that's why... I just hope these um, people rot in hell. I really do. It, that's the thing. I mean, I'm not even I'm touching the moral standpoint here, but um, is there some morality issues here? Like, yeah. are these people like... Crazy. Psycho bad people? I mean, and you hear about people who, who end up working in these places. Part The animal cruelty is just the beginning of it. A lot of it's the well, human cruelty. Like well, and I think these that, people are trying to make a dollar and then they get sucked into this world where they have to partake in this. Yeah. I think that that aspect of it I don't think comes innate. I think that co- that's a learned behavior. Like Definitely. Um so say you're, you know, a struggling individual and the only jobs open, maybe you live in a farm town where there's, you know, a huge animal agriculture factory next door and you that's the only job you can get. You know, that's like um, can't really yell at someone for, you know, I, I'm in the pursuit of trying to get a job or I'm not, but I understand, you know. Yeah. And these usually end up in economically suffering Challenged. towns. Right. Um, so if you're someone who needed a job and you had to go get a job at a factory farm and that was literally your only choice. And I get it that sometimes that's just your only choice. Uh, killing animals every day is going to have an effect on your psyche. Like, that is the epitome of a violent behavior. Even if you're doing it 100% the way 
you know, the ethical way, quote unquote ethical. So you slit the throats. Which without, doesn't exist. But these right, probably, probably but, they probably apply for these jobs thinking that that's what happens. In right. There too. But like you, you just like that spill over into your own life. You can't kill things all day long and then not have that spill over into your own life. That's been proven. Oh, for sure. What is the term? I think. Stop asking me freaking vocab sorry. words. <laughs> Nathan Runkel talked about that too. There was actual. There's a lot of scientific studies showing that um, violent behior. Um, there's a ton of it. By people who work in these in these communities that work word. in these places. The, um, the more spills over into yeah, yeah. family life. There's actually um, food. God, it's like called Food Inc. or something. I think it's called Food Inc. Yeah. Um, was like a movie documentary. It like it was a movie, but it like it like reads like a documentary kind of um about the Keener guy and is in it, I think. Uh there's a couple big names in it, but it it's all about the animal culture and lobbying and it's super good. Um it follows the story of one guy who worked in a factory farm and he got hurt. Like, I think it was a him or a female. I'm not sure. But, like, um, broke his arm or, like, literally crushed his arm. Something to do with, like, had a violent, violent injury and couldn't work again. And it's just, like, all the awful things. Like, the huge chain of events that kind of happens. And it, it shows a gutting of a cow. I showed it in my class. And my Eesh. class my class was squirming. I've never even seen that. Oh, they were... Or chicken. They were squirming and they were dying. And I, I literally was like walking around with like tape, like put like taping their eyelids open. I was like, <laughs> you freaking watch this. This is what you eat. And they were like, we don't mean to eat this. Like, that's just what they serve us. I was like, yeah. you have a choice. Was, sort of. But- yeah, I was being a real asshole. But... Um, that's a great movie that talks about um, animal agriculture. It, it, it's a movie, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's, you know, the, what's going on is probably like a whole of a hell lot worse. You oh, know? yeah. And that's sad. Because uh, usually like, the movies are exaggerated. It's like 70 billion animals are killed every year for food. Uh, well, the last thing I want to talk about um, is that disconnect between farm animals and the rest of the animals. They're all the same. Um, they are. And uh, I, we'll just do pigs versus dogs here. Okay. The two scenarios that were compared in, in this book. Again, Metonomics. I want to give credit where it's due. I really like this book. Um, it's fairly old, too, but the guy did a fantastic job. But um, There was one case, a guy in Pennsylvania named Dan Clark, 2009, left 832 pigs to die in a barn. It was cold, winter. I don't know why he left them. 832 pigs. Nine months later, they found these pigs decomposed. They died of starvation and cold and hypothermia. I totally thought you were going to be like, nine months later, 832 pigs were still alive. They were found safe. They had started their own communities. That's literally where I thought you were going with this. <laughs> they started building little homes for themselves. God. Um, no. Um, they're pigs. So... Again, like I said earlier, pigs technically have been proven to be smarter and more compassionate and yeah. loving and yeah. family-oriented than dogs. But anyways, um, all dead, sorry. Um, Damn. He was brought up on charges of animal cruelty. Uh-huh. It's hard to deny that that was insanely fucked up. Right. Imagine your dog, you, if no, you have no, one at stop, home, stop not it. you personally, but everyone, <laughs> 832 of them just left out whatever just until they're dead. Do bar. you imagine them like looking around and they're like, He's not fucking coming back. Where yeah, like, did he go? And then just like the next day, it's like, 
I really don't think he's coming back. And then it was like shitting and pissing. God, it's fucking awful. As he pled guilty to ten counts of cruelty, I'm gonna beat him up. Ten of the 832. I'm gonna um, swoop down from heaven. Suffered no time in jail. What? Stop! Why? Um, he paid a two thousand five hundred dollar fine. What's his name? And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Steve (laughs) Stevenson. Where was this? Uh, Aruba. Getting Dan Clark in Pennsylvania. Um, PA? That's yeah. not far? Yeah, we were just there. Dan Clark. Yeah. But that's a pig. Now, dog guy. Um, this is a more well-known case. Um, this guy, C.C. Baird in Arkansas. Um, he was a dog broker. Um, didn't kill these dogs. They're dogs, though. We love our dogs. Uh-huh. Um, he was dis- He was like a puppy mill, I guess. Right. Puppy mills. Um, God, we could talk about those so bad. They oh. discovered um, 750 dogs. Living in squalor. Yeah, they were alive. They weren't dead. Most of them were rescued, um, but they were living in shit. They were treated like shit. Okay. There was animal abuse issues, but he wasn't letting them die. Okay. Um, at the end, it's a, it's a whole long story. Um, tons of prosecutions, tons of court cases, tons of this and that. The guy ends up having to forfeit all of his land, pay tons of fines. At the end, everything this it cost this guy one point six million dollars. Good. Of his career. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. And most people would say, yeah, fuck that guy. Right. But and also they did. Fuck That's the other why. Guy. Because all these people were saying, yeah, fuck that guy. This is terrible. But no one like cares Like the about newspapers, things. the media, the blah, blah, blah. And it, it destroyed this guy's whole entire livelihood, as it should have, right. um, for how he treated these animals. But they didn't even die. Yeah. But pig guy pays $2,500, oh, like what my property guys. taxes were last year. Dude, and don't put our business out there like that. I mean, that. not really. Any, oh. No, it was like it was like seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> Anyways, that pig guy's gonna get it coming to him. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh goodness gracious! But anyways, there isn't a difference. Um, no, there's not. Like maybe well, and if you, know you think, think there the is, I would is? love to hear why you think there is because no one's ever like people say, "Oh, I listen to your podcast," or they I have a conversation with somebody face to face. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that." And they still eat meat. Right. They still eat pigs. They still eat cows. No one ever says, like, I disagree with you. But people do disagree with me. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you know what I think the problem might be is that no one uh, hangs out with cows or pigs or chickens. No one. Like, I I do. Uh, not like I do, you know, like on a normal basis. But I've definitely seen a cow or I've like you know been with a cow in real life I've hung out with pigs in real life and I've seen chickens in real life like I've seen them you know up close and personal and when you see something up close and personal it's um it's just way you can't get rid of that looking like you can't get rid of that interaction and, but yeah like, when I, you start to I mean even a dog right like you you immediately know it's yeah there's something there like I was just talking with cow. one of our co-workers about uh, he grew up on a farm, and he was telling me about um, cows, and he said, yeah, well, you know, something like you don't you don't know this or whatever until you've had to cry when you have to sell your cow. And I, I think I was like, I love cows. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but you've never had to cry over selling a cow. And I was like... Well, why did you? Why were you so upset? And it was like because I like I loved that cow. I didn't want to give that cow up. I didn't want you know to sell it. And then I'm like, but you eat fucking cows, man. And he's like, yeah, but 
that's not my cow. And I was like, <laughs> it was like the disconnect there. Like you just, it's just bizarre to me. And like, this is me being judgy, but it's just bizarre yeah. to me that like how you can place some emotions in one category and others in another. Like you can say like, I loved that cow growing up and that was a super cool cow, but the cow I'm eating Eh, it was probably not that cool. You know, like, yeah. that's just not, that's not a humane way to think. That's I, like saying, like, some people are cool, but some people deserve to die and eaten, you know? Yeah. I think uh, the, I think that's where the health part of this has become so powerful, because I, three years ago, would be like, I get it. You're right. This is fucked up. But mm-hmm. I wasn't convinced that you could live as a this vegan. Life. Like, I, I, I think a lot of people just think, like, Oh, you can't survive as a vegan. Yeah. You can't be athletic. You can't live long. Like, it's just not possible. So I think once you put those together, which I think people, me in particular, are doing, it makes more sense. I know here's a really rough topic you don't like to talk about. Um, But Why? why? (laughs) It just popped into my head. Um, Michael Vick. No. Mm -mm. He is the number one reason (laughs) why I'm not a Steelers fan anymore. So, they, uh, they did get him after jail. Um, go back. I'm um, sorry. I have to tell my Steelers story. But I was a diehard Steelers fan. My dad grew up in Steubenville, um, right outside of Pittsburgh. And my dad and my whole side of his family are huge Steelers fans. And people always said the Steelers were like rough and tumble. And I was like, that's what I that's what I love about them, you know, is that they're blue collar, they're blue collar. They're, the, they're from the steel mills, you know, like my grandfather worked in the steel mill. Like I loved that, like hardcore, that kind of like, not gangster side of them, but they're like, they're rough, you know? Yeah. I loved football. that aspect of them. And everyone would be like, they're, they're like down and dirty. Loved it. Um, and then they hired Michael Vick and I was like, fuck y'all. I'm not down with you. <laughs> and I was a free agent as I liked it. And then weirdly enough, me and Jimmy got together and he was like, I'm a Bills fan. And I was like, who are they? He was like, they haven't won anything ever. They're the other blue collar team. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> the Northeast. okay, I like their colors. Cool. <laughs> well, they finally come around and made the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. Can we end with that, man? No, we have some more. I don't want to stuff. I, I just want to zip Vick. through a few things. But we don't have to start with Michael Vick. But I think he did terrible. He hung dogs. Yeah. Out of like that's what and I don't I, understand. Well, I do want to say I want to I want to disagree a little bit with your Pittsburgh part, even though it got you to the Buffalo part. I am a man of justice. What you think they were down to? That man did some messed up stuff. He pled guilty eventually. He did serious time for it. Yeah. Then he was on the Steelers. So at that point, I think he's a free man who did his time. He served in the system. And you know what? To be honest, like in uh, the span of dog fighting, he brought a lot uh, to the surface of how terrible it is. So like, thank you, Michael Vick, for bringing such an awful, awful. 21 months in jail. No, but it's this is like, I don't know what the free. I don't know. I I'm not quick on my feet enough to come up with a good analogy for this. But this. It's a bad situation that a lot of good came out of, but still, fuck yeah. you. He fucking, he electrocuted dogs. Yeah. He, like, one of his friends tied a noose around a dog, and then he threw the dog off a balcony. Like, no, I he, bring, he did I, fucking sick shit. I bring this up because the average American supports that, that every single day. 
What oh. happened to those dogs happens to chickens, it happens yeah. to cows, happens to pigs, happens good, to everything on your plate. And if you're pissed off about him electrocuting dogs and hanging dogs and torturing dogs, that Threw is happening to everything. Yeah, or I think balcony. I think they they found like 70 or 100 dogs or something on his property. Yeah. Um, there was the, like a ton of corpses. Most Americans consume that amount of meat in a year. Yeah. Oh, um, that amount is like killed every minute, man. Yeah, I'm saying it's the individual meat eating American. Right. And I don't yeah. like I to be judgmental, but I'm just trying to. How can I you want- say like that's so wrong? Oh, but I'm gonna go eat this hot dog, and nothing's wrong with that. I just don't think people think about this. No, they don't. So I want them to, and I don't care if people feel like, oh. They're judging These us. vegans are judging us. No, I'm trying to expose people to this. I don't judge anyone that eat meats, eats meat. Most people that I love and I have no issue with eat meat. I just think they don't necessarily stop and think about what's, no. what's getting on their plate. And that plus the fact that you don't need to right. eat meat, I think, yeah. is enough to make anyone you know stop what? and try this. You want to eat meat, go out and shoot a deer and harvest that deer and eat that deer for three months. Yeah, I respect that. I respect. You know, it's like a weird. I've said this before. It's a weird Venn diagram with like animal lovers and hunters. Because I'm <laughs> yeah. not down. I'm not gonna say I'm down with hunting, but if you're gonna go out and you're gonna shoot yourself a deer and you're gonna only eat that deer, your impact environmentally, um, you know. Your impact on the lives of animal agriculture, like it's so much more beneficial, a, a billion times more beneficial than going to a supermarket and buying the cheapest fucking meat you can. Yeah. yeah go, and if you think you're a big tough guy, go fucking shoot something and eat it. And that Venn diagram also meets an animal cruelty. Talk to a hunter. If they shot a deer and it didn't die... Would they walk up to it and just start punching it no. or cut its fucking leg or off before its it was testicles? dead? No. I no. mean They're going to put it out of its misery. They're going to put it out of its misery. That's and that's where the animal cruelty does meet with hunters like yeah. if if you can go do that, okay, I can't. I no. I saw I, I used to fish and I never really caught one. Mm-hmm. I literally never caught a fish that was legal to keep. I caught you. But with well, my hook. My friend. No. Like remember I like Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I told you that I wanted to go fishing and you squeezed my cheeks so hard that it bled. And mm-hmm. you were like, how does that feel? It's <laughs> like, I don't keep them. But still, you were like, well, that still didn't feel good, did it? <laughs> but anyways, I watched my friend uh, gut a fish once mm-hmm. and uh, he kept hitting it at the end of its head with a stick to make it die, mm-hmm. to put it out of its misery. But then the whole time we were cutting it open, it just still, still kept flapping. fucking moving. And I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but. But he could. That's fine. And people can hunt, and they can they can kill something. Yeah, like it's put not it out cool. of its misery. It doesn't suffer. They drag it back. They cut it open. They can do it. But it's, Go ahead that's much cooler that. than going and getting a mass-produced piece of meat. Yeah, and I guess I kind of want to end with that. So you might want to put your earmuffs on. Um, I have a list of the top ten-ish things that okay. that happen. Okay. Hurry <laughs> um, up, just do it. I'm right, not so, even gonna comment. Uh, well, no, a lot of it's just stuff we talked about. A lot of animals never see sunlight or fresh air ever like their whole entire from birth to death um a lot of them can't turn around chickens pigs they're in cages they never can even spin around once uh, we've talked about their pump full of antibiotics 80 percent of the antibiotics in the u.s go into these animals um so almost everything you're buying at the grocery store has been kept alive by antibiotics because of the conditions it's in 
That's why it needs these antibiotics. Um, a lot of these animals are skinned alive, uh, boiled alive. Um, they're living in their own feces. Um, they're laying in it or they're in a cage so small that they shit through grates. Um, they're in that cage so they don't end up getting infected by their own feces. Um, all the chicken that you love to eat, one of the most consumed meats in America, uh, they cut their beaks off without anesthesia because they'll eat themselves because um, they're in such tight um, conditions. So they just cut their freaking mouths off. Um, we talked about male chicks are being ground up. Uh, veal, that's like weighed down by chains and held in cages so they don't get active enough. Um, to produce muscle. Yes, exactly. I can veal. Sorry. No. You've eaten God, veal. That's... If you not if you've eaten veal. If you continue to eat veal I've eaten veal. We're not friends. I would not continue to. Yeah. If you continue <laughs> to eat veal. I didn't even know what it was until like by the tenth time I ate it. I was like, Oh, this is really good. So ten? I was like, you know, that's you like ate a baby. it ten times? Yeah, probably, at least. I didn't know what it was. So just like it's just another Jesus meat. Mary, um they're also kept in the dark too. I don't know why. So um, I'd fuck it's what who came up with that idea? What motherfucker was like, you know what sounds good? <laughs> fucking babies. I want to eat a fucking baby. Let's keep them babies. The last one was tail docking, uh, which has become more common these days. So they don't swat away their flies because they, because some moron was like, oh, there's too many flies around here. Let's cut off their tail and then they won't swat those flies away. Listen up, you dumb shit. They use their tail to swat away the flies, you moron. So they're allowed to cut these off, tape them down, tie them up with rubber bands now. That's all legal because it's standard. All these things I just listed became standard agricultural practices, so they fit into all of these laws that 90%, 90% of the meat. Dan Clark? Is that his name? <laughs> just one. He's not the guy you should be worried about. You should worry about the lobbyists passing I still passing have a couple days off of work, man. I'd be and more- PA's not that far no but again i guess maybe we should finish with some positive stuff here um we do live in a free country these are all congressmen that represent us you have to stop eating this shit um that i think that has more impact than anything legislatively is yeah it does is you hit business like we said in the last episode tyson said plants are the meat of the future yeah yes Um, did you hear this tyson like, I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Tyson said the future of protein is plants. And, uh, and Tyson's. I saw an article today it. that uh, TGI Fridays all across the country now have the Beyond Beef Burger. What? Yep. Let's um, go to TGI Fridays. I want to, actually. <laughs> People, that's what's going to change stuff. Because yeah. these, these businesses aren't necessarily monsters. No. They become monsters for profit. Yeah. And they justify it through helping people economically. Um, but they don't give a shit if they're killing a cow or not. If if there's a cheaper way to do it, they they're would. gonna do it. That's that's a they're really good cheaper point. Way. So we can lobby, we can call our congressmen, we can vote for people that are gonna pass these laws. But the best, most influential thing we can do is just not support it. It's our wallet, man. And I think it does deep down inside change your conscience a little bit, whether you know it or not, mm-hmm. whether you're eating this stuff knowing that this stuff happens or not. When you stop doing it. Um, besides health and environmental issues, there is a, a moral issue here that you're you're not contributing to this insane treatment of something that's alive. This thing's yeah. been created that has feelings and yeah, nope. <laughs> I can't. I'm done. Okay, well, I that, didn't cry, but that was. I'm just. I said the effort like 72 times. Yeah, that's definitely going to be in the title of this. Yeah, <laughs> Some kind sorry. of warning. No, it's. I, I think it's warranted and. Again, 
go back to the first episode of the first couple, I kept saying, oh, I don't care about the animal stuff. They're just animals. Um, that's something that changed in me, and it's developed throughout this podcast. It's developed throughout my understanding of this you lifestyle. Your phone? Can I see your phone real quick? Yeah, why? Just I want I have a quote we're going to finish with. Okay. Sorry, From we can edit this. Anyone? We're going to edit this. You're no, gonna... this is real deal. We don't we don't edit. No, we can't. I can I can hold this down for a minute. Oh, nope, I found it. Ready? <clears throat> do you know who Mike Anderson is? No. Neither do I. Okay. As far as eating <laughs> <laughs> as far as eating is concerned, humans are the most stupid animals on the planet. We kill billions of wild animals to protect the animals that we eat. We are destroying our environment to feed to the animals we eat. We spend more time, money, and resources fattening up the animals that we eat than we do feeding humans who are dying of hunger. The greatest irony is that after all the expenses of raising these animals, we eat them and they kill us slowly. And rather than recognizing this madness, we torture and murder millions of other animals trying to find cures to diseases caused by eating animals in the first place. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was insane. Where's Who's Mike Anderson? I don't know. I put it on my Instagram like a really long time ago. Goodness. You should put that up again. Oof. No, that's it. That's that's our whole We're Done podcast. Yeah, that, that was, was our good last one. episode. Thanks, Mike Anderson. <laughs> that's the whole story. Um, but for real, it's just something to think about. Um, it's not the exception. The meat that you are eating, especially in restaurants and diners and what you get from the grocery store, um, is subject to all of this treatment. And if you wouldn't do it to your dog, if you wouldn't do it to anyone, any human, um, don't do it. Don't support it. And the greatest news of all is that you don't need to do it. I'm going to come out with a cookbook. The healthiest, most environmentally active. That's my problem. I got to put out more recipes, man. I got to go. I'm going to go write some recipes like right now. Yeah, it's hard for people. It is. So I got to I got to go do that. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, I'm going to go do it. I swear. I like it. I got a yellow pad of paper and some pens, man. I saw that. I'm on it. So that was episode 33. 33. Can we do like a lighthearted one next? Yeah, we'll do one soon. Hey. Um, that was heavy. Well, obviously, we'll put out our Clinton one. But after that, maybe like a, like a fun one, you know? You know what I was thinking we could do? What? Uh, vegan hacks. Okay. You know? <laughs> James, like always watch, James always watches YouTube, and it's always like Christmas hacks or uh, Google hacks. We're going to do vegan hacks. I'm yeah. excited about this episode. This episode was too much for me. Sorry for the language. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry for the language. Fuck that. Don't eat fucking shit. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Good night. (laughs)